Ignite podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. This is episode 67. And boys, sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. And I don't know how you want to take that. But today I'm talking to the hero of our podcast, who is straight up Matilda herself, Miss Honey herself. You can pick either one, both great heroes in this. Donnie Dorsey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, and I love this movie. I thought it did, I mean, it just, everything about it was just just so well done. Like it, I could watch this on repeat sometimes, like I I feel like I could, just really good. I'm glad to be bringing this movie to people's attention because I think a lot of people have not seen this movie and this should just be a staple in people's household. If you've got young kids, especially young girls, uh, speaking of, uh, the, uh, person to ruin all people's lives. Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, Mrs. Trunchbull. I mean, this is a pretty good villain and I'll say this Sawyer. I know you'll appreciate this. It is Emma Thompson who does a fantastic job. Top-notch villain. But originally, the part... Do you know who the part originally was supposed to be? No. All right. Well, in the Broadway production of this, Mrs. Trunchbull is always played by a man, and the original casting was Rafe Fiennes. You missed out on getting to be Rafe Fiennes. Oh, man. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I that, just mean was he playing that, like in the in the original musical was he playing Mr. Trunchbull or no Mrs. no 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 so you know the whole thing with it is that Mrs. Trunchbull is not only uh, corrupt in her soul but physically is this monstrous yeah. kind of person because uh-huh. Emma Thompson who is a beautiful woman is under pounds and pounds of makeup in this movie yeah and so Ray finds in the musical they have a man play Mrs. Trunchbull oh, to kind of man. reemphasize that, the monstrosity of uh of this. So that yes. is that is just awesome. Oh man. So yeah, I'm excited if you don't know what we're talking about. We are talking about 2022's Matilda the Musical which is available on Netflix. This movie came out I think on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or somewhere around there um, on Netflix. And, uh, oh, I think it came out right at the end of the year, like New Year's Eve or something like that. This movie, sadly, did not get released in theaters. In Britain, it got a full theatrical run. Uh, I'm sad I did not get to see this on a big screen. Uh, If you don't know, this movie is based, obviously, on Roald Dahl's uh, famous children's book, Matilda, which did get made into a uh, movie directed and starring by Danny DeVito in 1996. I think for those of us who grew up around, I mean, I was a kid when that movie came out, uh, but Sawyer, I bet even for you, I mean, you were born after that movie came out, but I, I assume yeah, it was still a staple in your childhood. Oh yeah. I think I was born actually like a month or two before it came out. Oh it, really? It came out, I think it came out in the summer of 96, didn't it? Or was it like early? Was it like a January? I don't release? remember when it came out. Cause I, I think I saw it on video on VHS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. August of 96. August. So yeah, like two or three months, three, three, three or four months. So yeah, I but I assume but, you've yeah, seen I, this. Oh, I've seen. So I grew up watching the original Matilda and I always felt weird because like, I grew up in like rural Southwest Missouri. No one enjoyed movies about like 
little girls with telekinesis and stuff like that. And I'm just over here like, guys, we should watch Matilda on Friday night. And like all my friends were like, uh, no. And I, I always felt a little awkward about the fact that I, I loved Matilda. Um, yeah, but... I think Matilda is one of those movies that because of how much it was on ABC family and things like that, people love this movie. Donnie, are you a fan of the original Matilda, the 96? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I think it, I mean, it's one of those movies that just kind of, it was a, it was a staple. It was around to, yeah. to enjoy. So I think it, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Well, and it. in particular, I mean, I think the scene everyone thinks about, which is repeated here is the Bruce eating the chocolate cake scene, which <laughs> it just became, I mean, it's memefied now. Like it is, it is full on internet culture. Now people love that, but this movie if you don't know is based on that it's actually closer uh, i read matilda to my daughter um when she was uh, a little younger um this movie is actually a little closer to the book than like a reinterpretation of uh the the movie itself it is uh based on the broadway play the tony award-winning uh, Broadway play, which was uh, written by Dennis Kelly, the book and the lyrics and music by Tim Minchin, uh, who is Australian. And you certainly feel all of those kind of uh, vibes in this movie. And if you don't know at all what it's about, Matilda is about a little girl named Matilda uh, who is born to two parents who are these kind of con artists. Uh, he's and the book, he's like a used car salesman who uh, who is just the, they they cannot stand their daughter. They treat her so poorly. In fact, he doesn't refer to her as his daughter. He refers to her as the boy because he just wanted a boy, but she is brilliant. She is a genius. She's this great storyteller. They've been homeschooling her, which has basically mean they haven't schooled her at all, but she keeps going to the library to learn on her own. Eventually she gets sent to a, uh, school, which is run by this horrendous headmistress, Agatha Trunchbull, uh, who just bullies, and is cruel to all of the children, but there is one teacher named Miss Honey, played uh, by an amazing performance by Lashana Lynch in this movie, uh, who is just kind to her and compassionate. And eventually, Matilda gets telekinesis and a whole bunch of other stuff happens. But the movie is about standing up um, against things when life is unfair. Uh, but before we get to really talking too detailed about this movie, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Absolutely. So on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical of that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing of your list uh, of things of, as a parent. You let me re, let me restart that sentence. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your list of things as a parent you feel guilty about not doing. We want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so you can build memories and have conversations that matter.
And we really do think this movie is a great opportunity to do this. This is one of my favorite movies of last year. Uh, I have already seen it in the last month. I think I've seen it twice. The soundtrack has been on repeat in my home. Um, I love this movie. I think it is gorgeous to look at. I think it is uh, has some great musical numbers, like the sequencing of how it's all done, the choreography, the cinematography. Uh, it's vibrant. It's fun. But it is emotional in ways I was not expecting. Uh, the first Matilda movie, I do not remember as being very emotional or very sweet. It's uh, sarcastic and cynical and funny. I mean, in good ways. It's a good movie in its own right. But it is not this. This is a powerhouse of, it is sweet from beginning to end, even with all the bad things. There is a sweetness that runs throughout this movie. It, that, uh, it has a Paddington vibe. Yes. Yes. It very, which probably explains why I'm as much in love with it as I am. Uh, but anyway, I think this is great. And I think the music uh, is just phenomenal. Uh, my kids are singing all of these songs from the opening number, that miracle song uh, where you, you see these babies singing a song at the beginning, just absolutely knocked me off my feet. Uh, I normally don't take the first reins on what I thought of the movie, but I had to get it out there. Uh, thumbs up multiple times for this movie. Sawyer Hewlett, uh, the evil, cruel, cold, dead heart of this podcast did you side with Agatha Trunchbull of just thinking these are the most revolting people you have ever seen? Or by the end of the movie, as they just cleverly do in the music, were you celebrating in how revolting they became? Okay. It did not take until the end of the movie. I enjoyed this movie from the, from the jump. You know, I, um, I think I'm still a little bit nostalgic for the first one. And so I would push back. I think the first one is a very sweet movie. Um, but, uh, but that doesn't change the fact I really enjoyed this movie. And I think um, I think when it comes to like family movies that came out last year, I think this is like a pretty easy number one for me. Um, one or two. There was one that came out at the very end that was excellent. But um, but this is this is I, I was surprised. I'll be honest. I was just very surprised at how how charmed I was with this movie. I felt like. I would be like, well, the new Matilda is not as good as the old Matilda. I mean, the actress. Um, I can't remember the old actress's name. This Mara one, Wilson? It, yeah, Mara Wilson. I'm like, oh, well, this Matilda is not as good as Mara Wilson and stuff like that. Um, and I I think I stand corrected. I think this actress has just as much uh, pluck and charisma. And uh, and there's music is the thing. And so yeah. um, I'm, I'm honestly, I think, and I think I can attribute this to to this podcast's influence in my life. Uh, I'm like on the verge of creating a playlist on my phone that is just like musical songs. Cause I have one of scores, but we've watched so many excellent musicals that I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I think I need to just maybe, maybe spend an afternoon and make an awesome playlist. I, su um, I support that. And, and this movie would be heavily featured on the first draft of that playlist. There would be three or four songs that are instant ads. There, um, there are there are songs in this movie that we will listen to them in the car, and I will start tearing up. I think uh, this movie, to me, is the studio. Here's how I'll say it: This movie is Studio Ghibli, in that I think this movie understands how kids feel 
in a way the first Matilda does it. Like the sweetness that to me in the first Matilda is Mara Wilson's performance solely. I think she, I don't think, I think Danny DeVito has made a movie that is kind of cynical and snarky and Mara Wilson's just really sweet and cute and innocent and she carries. Miss Honey in that movie is also like I their relationship. Is really I think it's tight. fine, but I don't think it's anywhere near the relationship in this movie. I, think, I would agree with that. I, and I think it's because the movie itself in this movie has a more tender outlook towards all of this. And this is what I was going to say is there is a depth to the young lady in this movie that I feel like, and this is not tense. I love Mara Wilson. So if she, maybe she has a Google alert for Matilda and she's watching this podcast, I think you do a great job. But I think this young lady has a depth where she's both sweet, but as you said, she's a little plucky. But she's also, uh, she has a righteous anger that comes out in her in this movie that is powerful, man, is an inspirational. That aspect is much better than the original Matilda, I will yes. say. Like, she gets, like, beefy in, in the original. Like, she, she yeah. gets angry and stuff. The way this actress plays it is way better than Mara Wilson. I have never heard someone use the, for the term angry, beefy. But well, like you're beefing. It's I get that. Yeah. I've heard people say you you have a beef with someone. I've never heard of someone saying the the process of preparing for said beef to be beefy. So very good, Donnie Dorsey. Though we have not heard what you say uh, about this movie. How did you feel watching Matilda the musical? I thought they hit all the the necessary points. I think um, there was a good balance of the music and it was placed in places that made perfect sense. Um, I thought the performances were uh, very good. Um, I think there, there were memorable performances by all the, like the majority of the cast members. Um, And I think it was engaging enough for myself and uh, my eight-year-old and younger. And mm. so I, that, to me, tells me that they not only captured it with the musical aspect of it, but they also captured it with a compelling story. Yeah. So, you know, two thumbs up. Yeah, I think uh, we're all in, in favor of this. I think your young kids will love it, but I also think your teenagers will love it if, if they're musical kind of people, because it's just a good musical. It's just really good. Uh, and we've watched it a few times at our house, and we're always listening to the music. So we're we're all about it. But the themes for this, I will say, I will say, like if you have teenagers that are anything like I was when I was a teenager, which means they're wrong, <laughs> they might not love this movie. Okay, this is an excellent movie. But like I know, like I was like an edgy teenager when it came to the movies I watched. I would have hated this movie when I don't it, know. When it came more. You but. you said you liked Finding Nemo, so. <laughs> I don't know how that is you are. I was also eight when that movie came out. Okay? <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say, you like Finding Nemo now, by the way. Okay, I do. But when I was a teenager, because I was so edgy, I was not into. <laughs> there weren't any. Uh, oh no, it wasn't that one. It was Toy Story three. You said you went with your friends to see Toy Story three in theaters. Correct. I think it was four. I went with my friends to see Toy Story four in theater. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, I, I remember you saying that. I was like, I cannot imagine going to see Toy Story three with my friends. I would like have hidden from my friends to not let them know. 
but it's a different, different of what edgy, edgy means. But I agree with you. I don't think boys probably, unless they're really into musicals. I think if they're into musicals, anyone, anyone who likes musicals is going to like this movie. But uh, if they're not, I agree. <laughs> don't, don't, don't sit down to your kid who's like watching John Wick and be like, this is the movie for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay. But the themes of this movie that we want to get into are this idea. Uh, and really, it's kind of summed up uh, in the uh, lyrics of uh, one of the songs um, in the movie called uh, uh, Naughty. It's like the second song. It's the one that I sang, I, I mean, what, beautifully? I mean, is that what we would say? Like Grammy Award? Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself a pat on the back right there, Nathan. I think I, think I heard Donnie say, give him the Grammy now. I think. Is that is that not what you said when I sang that, Donnie? I I would agree that you performed it in the most authentic way that you performed it for this movie representation. Dude, are you like running for political office, Don? Because that was the most <laughs> diplomatic sentence that, that I've ever heard. Okay. That was awesome. That was awesome. Are you like okay. going to the DNC next summer? But our uh for the sake of this let me just get back to the performance maybe it wasn't that great but here's the lyrics to the song and this kind of sums up the thing just because you find that life's not fair it doesn't mean that you just have to grin and bear it if you always take it on the chin and wear it nothing will change even if you're little you can do a lot you mustn't let a little thing like little stop you if you sit around and let them get on top you might as well be saying you think that it's okay and that's not right. And then it goes on to say, and if and if it's not right, you have to make it right. And I think for the theme of this movie, we want to deal with is how do we talk to our kids about what to do when life's unfair? When they look around in their own life or they look at our world as your kids get older and they start to see things just aren't fair. How do we help them respond in a Jesus type way? And one thing I love about this movie is this movie is a little bit about uh, in small ways, civil disobedience. <laughs> this movie has this theme Fight of the power. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the John Lewis right. Good trouble. There's good trouble. Sometimes you got to get in trouble, and it's it's good trouble. Now, our kids, I don't think, are going to be literally revolting at their school. If they are, they're probably not on the right side of the issue. <laughs> but. I don't uh, think any principals in Coweta County are quite as bad as Miss Crunchbull. I'm willing to go out on that limb. No, I think it would make the paper if they were grabbing a kid by their pigtails and swinging them around uh, and throwing them across the field. But uh, anyway, there are things your kids will come across, maybe in their personal life or in the world, and they just say, that's not fair. And what our response is, is parents who are followers of Jesus uh, really can help them to respond to the unfairness of life in a Jesus kind of way. So uh, where do we want to start this conversation? It it feels like the right way for us to start, to me, is to maybe start by talking about uh, what do you do when something unfair personally happens to you, right? So maybe you have a kid who's, maybe they're being bullied. Maybe you have a kid and someone's not treating them fairly, or maybe they're looking at things at their school or in their, you know, w- maybe with their siblings. Maybe their siblings are kind of treating them unfair. 
How do we as parents teach our kids to respond to unfairness in that kind of personal way? And, and I'm talking about in small ways. Let's not talk about huge, you know, like obviously if our kids are facing any kind of abuse, any kind of uh, physical threat, we as the parents have to step in on that. It is not yeah. it. Well, you got to figure it out. You know, we need to step in if there is if there is any kind of actual danger. I'm talking about teasings. I'm talking about someone treating me unfair. Someone kind of just deciding they're always going to pick on me and treat me mean. How do I respond to unfairness in a Jesus-centered way? So, I think you start with defining what what fair means. Okay. I mean, because I think the constant thing I hear from my kids at some point or another is that wasn't fair. This isn't fair. And even when you def like and sometimes even when you define it, they don't necessarily get the concept is because the idea is that fair is the same as equal. And it's right. not because fair is a different. A whole different concept. Fair is doing something that works in favor of someone, but doesn't necessarily mean that it results in a particularly equal situation. Mm -hmm. Is that because I mean, like, well, and I think it's fair for it. Like, if I have a older child mm -hmm. to allow them to have different things they can do and responsibilities, but it's not equal. But right. it's fair based on what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. The way I say it to my kids is fair doesn't mean that everyone gets treated the exact same. And I think that's yeah. what we think is if you're handing out cookies, if they get three, I get three. Well, yeah. they're also six years older than you. They might need more food than you need. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a baby doesn't need the – it's not, well, we're all people, so everyone gets the exact same thing. What fair is is that everyone uh, ultimately – it's about advantage versus disadvantage. This is yeah. not the way I would say it to a kid, but fairness is about who is advantaged in this situation, who is disadvantaged in this situation. And I want to bring those to a leveling play field that if I am advantaged, I want to use my advantage to help someone who is disadvantaged. Right. And yeah. So the way I say it to my kids is what, and this is the way I say it in those situations that you're talking about, Donnie, where they say, yeah. you know, why does she get this? And I get this. I always say to them, you don't look at anyone else's plate to see if they have more than you. You only ever look to see if they if they need something from you. Yeah. That you don't look to say, do they have better than me? Do they have better than me? Do they have better? You look over to say, can I help? Do Am I in a place of advantage to help someone who is disadvantaged in this situation? And so uh, the way my wife says, and I think this is good, is fair is not everyone gets the same. It's everyone gets what they need. And I think that's a really important distinction uh, for some things we're going to be talking about later. So in your situation, Donnie, that's how I would say to my kid is, look, they just need more because they're older. You know, they need they need more because they're bigger. They're older yeah. and they need more. And you're getting everything you need. It would be unfair if I didn't give you what you need. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, spot on. And so I think that's the way I would talk about it. And so if you're in a situation where someone is being unfair to me, they have an advantage, you know, at school and someone's kind of picking on me all the time. They are putting me at a place of disadvantage because they're picking on me all the time. And so what I would say to my kids is I would say, well, here's how you respond to things that are unfair. When someone does something wrong, 
right? When someone treats you wrong, they treat you in a disrespectful way, a dishonoring way. What Jesus says you do to regain the advantages, you love them. Mm-hmm. You pray for them. You bless them. That by putting myself in a position to bless and love somebody, I am putting myself back on equal footing. That's what Jesus means when he says, if you are slapped on the cheek, if someone takes their right hand and slaps you on the right cheek, which is to backhand someone across the face, he says, turn your cheek. Because what you're saying is, is no, if you're going to hit me, hit me like I'm a person. I want to regain my status as a person. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to become evil to you. And that isn't to say, and I would say this to my kid, if you're being picked on by somebody, it's okay for you to go to someone who has more power, a teacher, right? An adult in the room and say, um, I've asked them to stop and they're not stopping. Could you get involved? Could could this happen? Now, those are different kind of situations uh, that we're all kind of talking around here about unfairness, but to be able to teach our kids to do that. Uh, Sawyer, do you have anything to add on that? I mean, I would just say, I, I think the best thing you can teach your kids when it comes to being in like an unfair situation is to have a sense of calm and, and look, this, this takes a long time and a lot of it is personality driven. It's going to be easier to teach this with some kids rather than others. Um, the best thing that my parents did was to be like, Hey, you, you don't need to fix this in the moment. You can, you can have it fixed over a course of time is the thing. Um, I really struggled when I was a little kid, um, with this concept and my parents just had to really beat it into me. Like, Hey, you don't always need to be the one to fix a situation that you find unfair because maybe you don't understand it and maybe you do understand it and you're just not the person to fix it. Um, I think, I, I think instilling a sense of, um, humility is something that you as a parent can actually do in your kid when it comes to these kinds of situations. And um, I think that that is just a tremendous help that you can give them because it gives them a sense of like when something unfair happens, like uh, something unfair happened, I, this doesn't need to be a determining thing about my day or who I am. Um, it, it doesn't need to, it, it makes the unfair situations less powerful. It takes those, the, the power away from those moments. Sawyer, I think that's a really good thing too to say is, and we all have this with everything. So I think this will kind of transition to the next part of our conversations with any kind of injustice or unfairness, the ability is me as the person to be patient in the situation, knowing that it's not going to change right away. So if you're picking on me, me turning back and picking on you to try and level the situation is only going to escalate what it is. Or if it's even violence, me returning violence with violence is going to escalate the violence, not end it, right? And so becoming the kind of person to say, I don't have to fix this right now. I can I can be in this moment and I'm okay, right? Obviously, as long as I'm physically okay, we've already talked about that because I can hear people go, well, wait a second. That's not the situations we're talking about. We are talking about if I'm in a situation and this is unfair in this moment, me having the patience to say, let me come back to this and revisit it is one thing. And I think this movie has a good example of that because at the beginning of the movie, the way that Matilda in the song Naughty uh, the way that she is fixing, making things right is she her parents are mistreating her. So she's going to change her dad's hair color and glue his head, you know, his hat to his head, which doesn't fix the situation. 
it makes her feel a little bit more powerful in the situation, but it doesn't fix it. What eventually fixes the situation is when she when she gets into her school setting and she stands up and openly speaks about the wrong that's being done. And then other people stand up with her and say, yep, you're not alone. This is going to happen. And then eventually the situation changes. It's not, let me get back at you and make that happen. Now, I don't want to get too deep into these kind of personal fairness issues because I do think for the majority of our kids, the majority of our kids, as Sawyer's already pointed out, they are not in a trunchbull situation. They are not in a situation at school where every adult is evil and trying to ruin their lives and make everything unfair for them, right? This is not the situation our kids are mostly finding themselves. In fact, one important thing as followers of Jesus, when we talk about advantage and disadvantage, is to be honest about, and I had this conversation with my kids on the way home uh, this, before we filmed this podcast, uh, about this idea that in our lives, most of the unfairness of the world has gone in my favor, has not gone against me. And what I mean is, before we were filming this podcast, my family was down at Bridging the Gap, which is a local organization that helps those in need. And we were going uh, to some people who were picking up groceries, and we were giving them uh, breakfast, and we were praying with people. And you hear all these stories of the heartache and the unfairness that has gone into them. A lot of these people have lost people close to them. A lot of these people have had... Uh, just unfairness in their life that has put them at this place of desperate need. And I said to my girls, I said, you know, we watched Matilda. We talked about what do you do when life's unfair? And I said, our world is unfair, but the unfairness has been for some reason, I have never been hungry. I have never had great need because I was born in America, which I had no choice for, right? Because I was born to the family I was born to. I had an advantage in this life that not everyone has had. And yes, I have lots of little unfairness. People have been mean to me. People have picked on me. People have had things happen to me in my life. But there is a greater unfairness in this world, which is in this case, there are people who don't have all that they need. And I have way more than I need. If I'm honest, I have way more than I need. And so I said to my girls, let's talk about fairness. If you have, because we were handing out sausage biscuits. So I just use this. I said, if you have two biscuits and someone has zero biscuits, what should you do? And they're six years old and they go, I guess give them a biscuit so we both can have a biscuit. I go, great. What if someone else shows up and they have zero biscuits? Um, and, I, and one of my daughters says, well, I could give them my biscuit because I can go home and have pancakes. And I said, exactly. That it seems even unfair in that moment that Jesus says, if anyone's going to be on the unfair side and my girls were having trouble because... It was cold this morning. It was like 20 degrees when we were out there. It was windy and it was cold and they were crying and shivering. And every adult was like, what y'all got these kids out here for? <laughs> but my kids are involved. And I said, you know what? It probably felt unfair that you had to wake up early on a Saturday and go be in the cold. But you get a home to go home to. You get to go home and be in the heat. And not all these people do. And that's unfair. But our goal is to look and see where there's unfairness how can I be the person to be the light in the darkness? How can I be a person to make the unfairness, the disadvantage a little bit more even, right? And it's going to take patience. It's not going to happen to kind of tie things back together. I think if we can do that. So I want to hit on two things that we talked about before. One is 
Sawyer, would you talk about the what you were talking about of Lashana Lynch, who is a just knockout in this movie. She's just killing it as a performer in this movie. But her role is Miss Honey, who is the one kind teacher who eventually ends up standing up for Matilda and all this unfairness. You were talked about how you saw this just a great kind of metaphor for how Christians should be in every environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like part of like following Jesus is when we get to like go into the marketplace and stuff like that. Um, and, and we get to show grace to people in a world that doesn't show grace and stuff like that. I was talking about this with a student actually, um, just a few weeks ago. And like, there are a lot of things that we as, as followers of Jesus value that the world doesn't value. And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, like there are sins that we think are sins that they think aren't, you know, that that's a thing. And that's a, that's completely different is my point. What I'm talking about is we as Christians believe that grace and peace and, and being antidotes to chaos, these are things that we value. And these are things that the world doesn't want is the thing. And I think that what, what Lashana Lynch's Miss Honey does in this movie better than the original even is she is this person who she's not perfect. She's got her own things going on. And Matilda even like helps her with that throughout the movie. But I think what she does is she represents a, a power that comes into these people's lives. Um, these kids lives that can almost like repel. It's almost like what Jesus does as a shepherd when he, when he repels the wolves and stuff like that, it feels very um, protective. And, 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 you know, I didn't get too emotional watching this movie, but they're like near the end with when she's doing that, I was like, gosh, this is like such a good metaphor. And, and, and it was, it was, it, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't choked up is the thing. Okay. It was, it was a very powerful moment because guys, that's something that's so rare. I feel like in the world and stuff like that, I, I've gotten to be a part of that brief, brief moments in my life. And it's just like, Man, those are those are just the most powerful moments you're going to experience is when you get to be the light of Jesus in a dark place and stuff like that. It's it's it 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 emphasizes his existence almost. Well, and I think one aspect of the Miss Honey character that I think is so pivotal for really the conversation we've been having is Miss Honey. And this is one part that the I don't even remember the book going into, but I don't, I definitely don't remember the 96 one. There's this running story throughout the movie that Matilda is telling about this other person that you think she's kind of making this allegory about herself of this child who's mistreated and all these kind of things. And then it turns out that was Miss Honey, that Miss Honey herself was this mistreated girl herself. Life has been unfair to her. And what happens with Miss Honey, and she sings this at one point in the song is she became crushed under that life became so unfair to her. She, she could never resist. And it actually took Matilda to kind of stand up and take a stand that Miss Honey's like, yes, I can reclaim what's going on. And I think what that takes, and this is where I want to come to Donnie on, is this takes us shifting our perspective. And this is what I mean is it's natural. All of us, God has put a sense of justice in us. And what I mean by justice is this feeling of the world is not as it should be. If it's not right and we should make it right, but what unfortunately ends up happening to many of us is we get really focused on little injustices, little things. I didn't get six cookies. They got seven. 
you know, and this is, this is too, too much. And I'm really frustrated and I see that, but if we can help our kids get to, yeah, there's a lot of other big injustices, big unfairnesses in our world, but that's a shift of perspective. And when Miss Honey wakes up to that and realizes I can do something, then the world kind of changes. So Donnie, you were talking earlier about helping our kids to get the right kind of perspective on things. And I wanted you to kind of, kind of get us towards an end on this. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like you said, when it comes to um, righting wrongs in the world, um, it starts with the small things that we do in the, the communities for which we exist in. And that's like you like you use as an example is it's making sure that maybe if you have excess, maybe help someone to have another opportunity to have your excess. And because when we are when we're blessed, we're called to be blessings to others. And if we do those things, the the inequalities will slowly start to not they won't swell anymore. They'll slowly start to reduce because if we start treating each other like I want you to feel that you are being treated fairly, then, and I do that in a daily basis in every aspect of my life, is if I see someone that is not eating a meal and I have enough to help them to have a meal and I help to feed them, now I'm giving them an opportunity to put themselves in a better place, in a better position. And I think so much of it is so much of what you see in the world is, hey, we got to fix this big problem. But all big problems started as a small problem that didn't get addressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And I think the more that we can help our kids get that. So I, I want to kind of just wrap up on these on these two ideas. One is, you know, if your kid's in a situation and, and it is unfair, someone's picking on them or they just feel like things in their life are kind of extra difficult for some reason. My kids do have a lot of things in their life that have just been unfair to them. And being able to teach them, like, this is what happens in the movie, I think is what works, is while Matilda or Miss Honey are focused on all the unfairness that has happened to them, they don't ever fix any problems. It's when Matilda starts helping other people, starts looking to, hey, Bruce is being mistreated, and this person's being mistreated, and I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to say, that's not right, right? And I think about this a lot. When kids are getting picked on or bullied, often they don't ever want to speak up and talk to a teacher. They don't ever want to tell anyone because it's embarrassing or you feel like a snitch or whatever. But being able to say to the kids, hey, you're a part of a bigger community and maybe you standing up will be the thing that causes someone else to stand up. Maybe you taking the stand will cause someone else to stay, take a stand and other people will do it. And then the other side of this is beyond the personal stuff, helping our kids to be an active part of making this world like heaven taking your kids and getting them involved at Bridging the Gap or taking them or saying, hey, let's give some extra money this month to make sure someone who's in need could have what they need. Or, hey, let's make sure that people who are mistreated in our world get treated fairly and let's be a part of that. It helps your kids to see that the kingdom of God is bigger than their own personal experience of this world. It is Jesus reclaiming and redeeming and restoring and recreating all of this world, them and their sins and the bad things that happen to them, but also everything that's wrong in our world. And we get to be a part of that. It's not follow Jesus so you can go to heaven one day. It's follow Jesus and help him bring heaven to earth now. And of course you get that forever. 
If you're doing it with him now, why wouldn't it happen for it? But it's about making it bigger and making it apart. Yes, just because this world is wrong does not mean it has to stay wrong. And just because you're little doesn't mean you can't make a difference. That's a huge thing to say to our kids. So we hope you'll do that. We hope you'll help them understand how to respond to the unfairness of this world in a Jesus-centered way. And we'll talk to you next week as we continue uh, with another movie to help you teach your kids to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you then.